Welcome to Trojan Talk, episode 51. I'm Cole Purvis here with my co-hosts Josh Pulsifer and Troy Bolduck. How are you guys doing today? Nice. The sun's out finally for one day, so we'll enjoy this one day. Pretty good. It's Thursday, one more day till Friday, so almost the weekend. Got a lot to talk about today. TA football comes into uh, their matchup with Bonnie Eagle on the road this week. 0-2 will get into some of their struggles and how they can turn their season around. Uh, we'll talk about all the other fall sports here at TA. The NFL kicked off their regular season this week. It was an action-packed week with a lot of <clears throat> things happening. But we'll start, as I mentioned, with Thornton Academy football. Goes on the road, loses 21-14 to to Oxford Hills to drop to 0-2, the first time that they've started with that record since 2003. Uh, Mr. Pulsifer, assistant coach on the football team. Uh, I want to know some of the main reasons. I mean, you lost by a touchdown both games, so it's not like against two tough teams, so it could be worse. But what are some of the main reasons that you're not really able to finish these games off? I, I think you said it great right there, Cole. It's just not finishing the game off. Um, you know, one thing is, you know, we had the ball – both times in the fourth quarter with a drive potential to go and tie the game in each time and we, we just couldn't do it um, you know it comes down to finishing games and just executing in crunch time um, and we're over two for that right now so you know I, I think you know that's one of the big issues um, you know another thing of course is uh, you know we've played two very competitive teams uh, I think those two teams are going to be there you know at some point in the playoffs they're going to be probably battling to the end there so um, you know I think we've had a tough schedule but uh, you know there's been some bright spots um, Mauricio Sunderland uh, a student from Mexico who's a sophomore only uh, has been great at running back since Connor Ayub has been down right now so he's been a bright spot um, you know working in a lot of new offensive weapons like Mauricio um, like Wyatt Benoit at quarterback, um, Jack Parody, of course. Uh, there's been some, uh, you know, some adjustment period. You know, uh, last year we also started one and two, um, so we're we could win Friday night. Uh, we'd be right back where we were last year, and we made it to a state title game. So, you know, I, certainly you don't win a state championship in those first two weeks. I think that's the message. You know, we're trying to get across to the kids, but. At the same time, you don't want to say this is a, a must-win game here in week three, but certainly uh, it's a game that has some great importance to it at this point in time. Yeah, you know, there were some important turnovers that happened late. There was a fumble on the kickoff uh, in the second half of the game against Oxford Hills, and then a fumble, kind of a miscommunication with about five minutes left where they had an opportunity to to score. Um, ended up losing by seven. And TA, both in the first game and the second game, has found themselves kind of needing like a big play to keep it competitive. Like Mauricio had a really strong run, really impressive run um, that kept it competitive. And then there was a kickoff return touchdown in the first week. So TA's been relying upon like some big plays to keep it competitive. So I think they just have some things that they need to clean up, and I think they'll be all right. One thing that one kind of weak spot on this team so far has been the defensive line. Uh, they do not have a sack yet through two games. So I think just putting more pressure on the quarterback will do a lot more good for this team um, and get their defense off the field quicker. Um, and, I mean, I think that they kind of lack a go-to guy. You know, they have some great playmakers. Xander Cantera and Jack Parody are some very good receivers. But in the past, I mean, it was so... You know, they had guys like Anthony Bracamonte and Anthony Jones and Isaiah Jones. I don't know if there's that guy this year that can really take over a game. And, um, uh, like, you think about how much of a, like, just game breaker those guys were. I don't really know if they have that this year. Um, but then they go on the road to Bonnie Eagle this week, who I think is not going to be quite as strong as Portland and Oxford Hills, but still a very, very good team. <clears throat> I did see that C.J. Cooper, the star receiver for Bonnie Eagle, is out for the season with an ankle injury. Um, so 
hopefully he can get better soon I know he plays basketball too but that's big for your defense one less guy to stop mm-hmm. uh, what's the key to beating Bonnie Eagle this week and getting that first win on the season uh, I think the key for from a defensive perspective of course is uh, Edwards the quarterback you know he's going to carry the ball a lot um, he had uh, four touchdowns I believe last week against Noble so he's going to be their workhorse uh, especially with uh at, uh, Cooper out uh, it's going to really go more even more towards Edwards um, so the other thing though of course too is like you know with a dynamic playmaker like Cooper out of this game uh, certainly it uh, kind of brings apart a little bit of a mystery too you're not sure how Bonnie Eagle is going to react you know what scheme are they going to use you know before you have some film you kind of know where some things are probably going to lean against uh, now you don't have that so there's a little bit of an unknown there as well from a coaching standpoint so that's going to bring in a little bit of an interesting dynamic especially in the first half seeing how they adjust to losing one of their their best playmakers um, defensively uh, or excuse me, offensively for us though, uh, certainly it's going to be just you know holding onto the ball, you know, creating longer drives. I think that's one thing that we've uh, struggled a little bit with is just kind of you know grinding out some 10, 12, 14 play drives and really just asserting our dominance uh, on the offensive line and certainly uh, just running the ball down some teams' throats. Uh, so if we could do that, certainly uh, that would help you know the defense as well get them off the field a little bit more. So uh, certainly there's a lot of areas to improve. When you're 0-2, you can't say things are going great. So you, you have to really look at the whole team from top to bottom and figure out where can we improve, and hopefully that starts tomorrow night. I mean, yeah, I'm excited for the game. You know, it's been a rivalry for years, T.A. and Bonnie Eagle, and T.A. is not going to want to fall to 0-3, so they're going to have that extra motivation behind them. I totally agree. Just extending, you know, extending plays, extending drives, more plays, more opportunities, keep the defense off the field, being patient, making smart decisions, I think will go a long way. Yeah, you definitely want to, <clears throat> want to avoid going into week four next week, still searching for your first win. Mm-hmm. For some reason, you guys have played on the road at Bon Eagle, I think, three years in a row. Why, why is that? Uh, it, it's uh, a quick squid. I would call it a scheduling quirk. Um, you know, certainly we've changed classes the last few years. So we've gone from, you know, the prior year we, we had eight-man football for Class A or eight teams in Class A. Now we're back up to 12. So the scheduling kind of got all thrown into uh, a mix again. And somehow we ended up there again. I think it's been... I don't think we've hosted them since like 2019 yeah. if my memory serves me right i could be wrong uh but it, it's been a while it's been a while so uh hopefully uh next year we'll, we'll get them here but uh it's a, it's a great atmosphere there in bon eagle they do a great job with their game nights uh, it's always very festive they'll have a yep. big home crowd so uh it's always a fun place to go play and another thing i want to point out is just how kind of wild that your schedule is this year i think you only play four games against divisional opponents mm-hmm. in class a south uh, you've got a couple games. You had a couple games against Oxford Hills and Portland teams in the north. Then you have an out-of-state team in Bedford. Mm-hmm. You have a Class C team in Levitt. Mm-hmm. So um, really all that matters at the end of the day is can you win in your division. Yep. And um, if you guys can beat Bonnie Eagle, I think that that'll go a long way to you guys getting back to the state championship because they are probably your big, toughest competition in the south. I know Sanford's in there as well, but mm-hmm. looks like it's mm-hmm. going to be TA and Bonnie Eagle again. And even if you suffer losses to – uh, a team like Bedford, even Levitt, it does. You could still get back to the state championship because yep. you're not going to have to play those teams. So yeah, I think, top four make it in each uh, division now. So yeah. four out of the six will make it. So mm-hmm. just got to be in that top four, and then playoffs. Like you said, uh, anything can happen. Yeah. So like you guys could lose four or five games and still make it back to the state championship. Uh, some other updates around TA Sports Boys Soccer had a two-two draw against Westbrook. Still looking for their first win on the season. Girls Soccer is one and one. They lost two to one to Chevrolet yesterday. Mm-hmm. Golf four zero next match at Gorham today trying to beat great them. job guys yes, great job sir. yes sir. trying to sweep Gorham on the season we've got a pretty good team going on a go- on the golf team so hopefully we can make a big run um, 
I want to ask you guys, there's been some crazy weather these last couple of weeks from it was really hot last week. They moved all practices and games back because of the extreme heat. Mm -hmm. And then this week, some hurricane-like conditions, and there's a hurricane that might may or may not be hitting us, actually. Um, so what does that do for a team kind of psychologically when your schedule is always getting shifted around and um, you don't know when you're playing games? And how does that affect a team? I could say from a coaching perspective, you know, I think one of the keys to success is, uh, you know, predictability. You know, you like to know like, okay, on Wednesday, we're going to be out there at three o'clock. You know, here's our schedule for the day. And then again, you get into a routine, right? It's kind of like school, right? We go to school, we have bells, we have a routine and it keeps you productive. Um, without those routines, though, certainly things can be thrown into flux a little bit. Um, the other thing, though, is like, you know, I think that's kind of a good thing at times, too, because like in a game for any team, for any sport, you know, things are not going to happen exactly as you predict them to. And it's how you overcome that adversity in the moment, how it kind of defines your team. So certainly, uh, you know, it's been a struggle the first few weeks uh, of school. Well, like you said, unpredictable weather. Uh, we have remnants of Hurricane Lee this weekend coming up. So I'll be interested to see when that arrives. I'm hoping, cross my fingers, it doesn't open uh, tomorrow night uh, during yeah. our football yeah. game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been definitely been a really weird summer, you know, very wet, very rainy, um, humid. Uh, it kind of feels like a Southwest Florida kind of vibe this year. Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly not ideal to have, like, practices and games moved around, but you kind of just have to do what you can do with the cards you're dealt. Um, I mean, it, it, I know for the golf team we've had some practices be canceled due to rain and heat, and it does create gaps and stuff. So it does prevent opportunities to play, and, you know, you don't want to – you want to try and prevent, like, bad habits from sneaking in and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not ideal, but – at the end of the day, you just have to do what you can do. I think the weather for the Bonnie Eagle game does look fine. It'll be cloudy, but no rain at least, so that's good. Um, and then my last question regarding TA sports um, is which fall sports team has a better chance to win the state championship between football or the field, meaning all the rest of the teams? Girls soccer is a solid team. Golf is pretty good. Um, would you still go with football? I'll start with you, Troy. Would you still go with football, or would you take another team to possibly win a state championship this fall? I mean, football, even though they've started the season 0-2, football still might be the most likely yeah. <laughs> to win states, but I have faith. I have faith in my my boys on the DA golf team and, and girls. <laughs> Shout out to McKenna. And, uh, and I think we can do something. I think we can mix it up. I'd love a ring, so let's make it happen. We know, we know what you're going to say. Uh, I mean, I think everyone's going to win a state title. I, yeah, that's I mean, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I would. Uh, I, it, it's tough to say. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, it's. It's. I think it's so early in the season. It's. Yeah. It's really tough to say what's going to happen. Besides you guys, I mean, you guys are going to sweep and obviously win oh, yeah, with the golf team. That's that's a given. But, implied. Yeah, and very implied. I would still go football, um, but it's an interesting conversation. We'll see how it plays out. A lot of season left. Ask me in a um, month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the NFL and start with the Patriots who. Um, had a pretty disastrous start against the Philadelphia mm. Eagles with a pick six to Darius Slay on the first drive of the season and then a fumble lost by Zeke and the Eagles really took advantage of those mistakes by the Pats and the Patriots nearly came back I know you were at the game uh, you got to see Tom Brady mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, at, at halftime that was super cool to see I'm glad that they made it 
the game because I'm like, this is about to be the most depressing ceremony <laughs> ever if the Patriots are down 16 to nothing at the half. But they made it a game. The Tom Brady ceremony was great. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your main takeaways from week one and the Patriots lost to the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, you just can't start slow in sports. You know, it, it can just doom a team for the rest of the game. Uh, I mean, once it got 16 nothing, I mean, the Patriots really outplayed the Eagles the rest of that game. Uh, so I'd say, you know, the Eagles won the first 10 minutes. The Patriots won the last 50 minutes. But, you know, that first 10 minutes was just so important that they just couldn't overcome it. It was just too much against, a, again, a really good team in the Eagles who have Super Bowl aspirations. They made it there last year, and certainly they're one of the favorites to potentially win it all. Um, you know, I saw some really encouraging developments, so I thought the offense looked pretty good. Uh, Mac Jones threw for over 300 yards three touchdowns um the only interception of course was on a little bit of an errant high throw that got tipped for that pick six that obviously led to that 16 nothing lead uh but overall i was very impressed with mac i liked what they were doing bill o'brien's offensive scheme looked good um i really liked that they had zeke and Ramondre stevenson in the game at the same time they had multiple two back sets which was really exciting to see um that's something that we did not see at all last year so they're already trying out some new stuff um and again it just kind of stresses a team when you have to put like linebackers on both of those guys they can both catch passes they can both run with power um, so I'll be interested to see that dynamic moving forward. Defensively, Pats look great. I mean, they, they played really well. They held the Eagles to under 200 yards passing. Um, you know, Hurts never got loose. Uh, they forced a fumble on him late in the fourth quarter. So uh, very, very, very encouraging signs from the defense, which we thought was going to lead them this year. And it certainly looks that way. They're going to be a top five or ten defense in the NFL this season. I mean, no doubt. You can already see the impact of Bill O'Brien. I mean, it's like night and day. Bill O'Brien and Matt Patricia. I mean, who would have thunk it? You put an actual offensive mind controlling the offensive side of the ball. What a concept. Yeah, I mean, wow. (laughs) Yeah, like I said last week on Trojan Talk, I could talk for so long about my frustrations with last year's team. (laughs) But, yeah, the offense looked good. I mean, other than that start where we were already down 16-0 to and, like, I mean, it felt like no time. Mm -hmm. We actually were able to string some solid plays together, some solid possessions Mac looked like he was dealing. Mm-hmm. He was dropping some dimes. Kendrick Bourne was getting involved. Mm-hmm. He looked electric. He was in, like, Patricia's doghouse for some reason last year, so he wasn't really getting much, like, involved really at all. Yeah. But, I mean, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's a, he's an electric playmaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We saw Hunter Henry make some big plays, the touchdown, that one-handed grab. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought the rookie receivers looked pretty solid. Even Booty, even though he technically didn't have any catches and he had those two that were out of bounds, I thought he still, you know – Getting your feet inbounds is something that I think you can work out. I think you it's know, a really it's just, encouraging sign for absolutely. him, though, real quick, that he's in the game in those clutch moments absolutely. already in the end of the fourth quarter game on the line. Max looking for him already. That's that's a really good development, I think, for him personally. I mean, he already looks better than Nikhil Harry. So, yes, yes, he does. <laughs> so at least there's that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the defense looks great. I think we have a really, really solid unit. We're going to have probably a top five defense this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we – Definitely kept it competitive against one of the best teams in the league. So just keeping it competitive with a potential Super Bowl contender in week one compared to what we were looking at last year for a team, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty promising. I'm pretty optimistic. Absolutely. And then this week, the Miami Dolphins come into Gillette, a team that had a big win over the Chargers in a shootout this past Sunday. And this is about as big as a week two game gets. The Patriots can't drop to 0-2 and, uh, and lose both games on their home turf. They're playing on Sunday night football and uh, the Patriots have struggled in prime time recently, so we'll see how they can respond to you know having a lot of eyes on them. Not that that actually really matters. It's probably just the fact that you get matched up against a good team in prime time. But um, they've had some struggles for sure on Sunday night football and but the they're night wearing games. the best jerseys in that's sports. Right, right, that's right. The Reds, the Reds, Reds are back. Are coming out for week two, so 
that'll be exciting to see. I think the Dolphins might be going with their throwbacks too. I think so they are too, yeah. One of the Which best. are also great too. <laughs> there's there's this um NFL jersey account that I follow mm. on Twitter and he breaks down all of the jerseys and the jersey matchups he's a really good follow yep. and uh, you learn a lot about kind of the different NFL jerseys mm. and so that'll be one that uh, that guy will be pretty happy about to see the <laughs> Patriots throwbacks and the Dolphins their white throwbacks um, but a big game between Tua and Mac Jones we'll see who can outplay one another and now I want to shift to uh, the biggest story by far of week mm. two and Maybe one of the biggest stories of the season is that Aaron Rodgers goes down with a season-ending Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already been said how devastating this injury is. And um, I want to ask you, like, where does this rank with some of the most devastating injuries in sports history? Because he was probably the most talked about, definitely football player, but one of the most talked about athletes in America this entire offseason. And how's he going to do with the Jets? Is he going to kind of resurrect their franchise and then goes down just four plays into the game mm-hmm. and they have to put Zach Wilson out there? Um, what is your reaction to this injury? Where do the Jets go from here? And then also, is Rodgers done playing football? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this might predate you guys just a hair, but uh, in 2008, when Tom Brady went down in the first game against the Kansas City Chiefs at Gillette Stadium, um, you know, you have to think about the perspective there. The Patriots were coming off an undefeated season. They went 18-1. and You know, they just lost in the Super Bowl, and all predictions were they were going right back at it again, and they were going to be, you know, easily Super Bowl favorites. And then, boom, you know, first quarter, Tom goes down and really changed the landscape of the NFL because that was the last time that they changed the rule almost immediately, basically called the Brady rule, where you can't dive at a quarterback below his waist. Um, so that was from a uh, perspective, you know, almost 15 years ago now, which is crazy to believe, uh, really changed the landscape of how we look at quarterback position. Um, I think Rodgers, though, you know, I think that obviously people have started talking about the difference between turf and grass and if this was on grass, would that prevent it? Um, I, I'm not a doctor, I can't say, uh, but certainly it's brought that conversation back to the limelight again. Um, it's from a media perspective and pure hype. I think you're right. This is the biggest quarterback injury ever in, in the first game of a season, probably of all time, just because he had never even completed a pass with this team. You know, Tom had been obviously with the Patriots, had won three Super Bowls at that point. Um, but certainly, you know, from a pure hype perspective, this absolutely just fell flat. And, you know, you feel bad for a guy like that. You know, it really seemed like he had embraced the Jets culture and their team and the city was so excited. Their fans were it felt so much optimism. And then uh, for him to go down like that is just devastating. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's really really bad. I mean, you have to feel just just absolutely horrible for Jets fans and obviously the players on the team and yep. the coaches and everyone involved in the Jets organization. The Jets, you know, they've been pretty awful mm. for the past, I don't know, as long as I can remember, they've been bad. And uh and this looked like their opportunity to actually, you know, potentially do something. They've mm-hmm. been getting hyped mm-hmm. all off season. Some I mean, bringing in a guy like Aaron Rodgers that really changes your entire team culture. Mm-hmm. So bringing in him, you know, getting all hyped. ESPN like loves the Jets for some reason. I think, especially Get Up. I mean, I think there's a lot of Jets fan like Greeny, Mike Greenberg is a Jets fan, so they talk about the Jets all the time. They all said that the Jets were going to win the division. So it's like if you're a Jets fan, you're watching this, you're getting all, you're hearing all this. It's like you're getting like so. Oh my God, we might actually have a chance to win. <laughs> so it's like you're your expectations are through the roof mm-hmm. and then for it to just end like that yep. four plays 75 seconds and you're already done mm. like it is that must be just so unbelievably deflating mm-hmm. i mean i that, that's rough that's really really rough if anybody knows any jets fans check up on them as soon as possible yeah it it's really really terrible um but 
we'll see where they go from here. If they sign Carson Wentz or one of these free agents or just roll with Zach Wilson, they were able to get the win because Josh Allen just played one of the worst games <clears throat> of his career just uh, through three picks, right? I think it was three Yeah, three picks, picks and, three and a picks. fumble. Uh, yeah. And then uh, it's it's terrible for Roger Goodell in the NFL because the Jets had like five or six primetime games, and uh, this week they've got that 425 slot against Dallas, and we'll see if they can make it 2-0 and against Dallas, who absolutely stomped the Giants in week one. Mm. Um, I want to know a week two game that you guys are looking forward to or any sort of prediction. Troy, I'll start with you. Um, any sort of prediction for week two in general, whether it's a game, an indivi- individual performance, what are you looking forward to this week? Well, I'm actually excited for the game tonight on Thursday Night Football. Mm, Eagles-Vikings, that's two solid teams. Um, The Eagles were able to win, even though they had kind of a suspect three quarters of that game. Mm -hmm. The Vikings lost to Baker Mayfield and and the Buccaneers. Baker said he figured out their signs or whatever, so Baker was all of a sudden like, cracking the Vikings' defense, so maybe they'll have to change up their signs, make them less predictable, but... I think that should be a good game. Two good teams, two good rosters, and I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota won tonight. Um, and then another thing to look for: uh, the Giants. The Giants are facing the Cardinals, so hopefully they can get something going and uh, try and rebuild from the absolutely horrific Sunday Night Football game where they got absolutely stomped by the Cowboys. So maybe they can get something rolling. Mm. I mean, echo your sentiments. Really excited for the Vikings Eagles game tonight. Um, I felt the Eagles by like. 15 um i think just thursday night games in general this is our first one or really second one i should say first one in season now that everyone's mm-hmm. played on sunday um they, they are so tough to come back from um the road teams are just at such a disadvantage uh just due to the travel you know you figure you know they played sunday they've basically got monday tuesday to like rest practice wednesday's travel day and now they're playing again thursday it's it's so tough on their bodies mentally physically um there's a lot that goes into game prep so i, I it's a really tough uh, disadvantage for a road team and that team's already owned one the eagles you know had a pretty big victory of course at new england they've that's their first home game of the season philly's gonna be going nuts on a thursday night so i, I think eagles by double digits um Another game, obviously, I mean, that Pats-Dolphins game, I think that's the biggest one on Sunday. Uh, another one, though, just I'm interested in is San Francisco and the Rams. Um, that one's going to be in Los Angeles. I'm just curious to see kind of how that NFC West kind of battle plays out. I think San Fran's for real. Um, we'll see if that's a, a fluke or not. Their first two road games, if uh, they played last week and dominated in Pittsburgh. So can they come back and do the same thing in Los Angeles uh, this Sunday? I'm very interested for that 4 o'clock game. Kansas City and Jacksonville, another good one at 1 o'clock. Uh, rematch of the divisional round last year. This time Jacksonville <clears throat> will be at home. Um, and then another thing that I want to see is how do these star quarterbacks quarterbacks bounce back because Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow, they're all 0-1. Joe Burrow had a really ugly go against um, Cleveland in their place, so we'll see how he bounces back. We'll see if Josh Allen can just play a little bit of smarter football this week. Uh, I'm not sure who the Bills... Yeah, they have the Raiders this week, so mm-hmm. good opportunity for them to bounce back. And then, as I mentioned, the Chiefs at the Jaguars, so we'll see um, if one of these star quarterbacks drops to 0-2 or if they can all right the ship and um, turn it around here in Week 2. Um, 
And then another, I, I think college football this week is mm. kind of a, a dud slate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that there are uh, really many great matchups. But last week, I mean, you have Dion taking his Colorado Buffaloes to 2-0 and with a win over Nebraska. And then Alabama losing to Texas. That was the uh, 3-11 matchup. Alabama just does not have it this year. You need to throw the ball effectively to win at this level. And Jalen Milrow, their quarterback, is basically a running back he just cannot make the throws that you need to take this team far and uh it's shocking Alabama all the five-star recruits and for some Mm. reason you just can't get it done Quinn Ewers and uh Steve Sarkeesian with a big road win at Alabama I think that was the first time they had lost since they lost to the first home loss for Alabama since uh the Joe Burrow 2019 LSU season so they've been great at home but Texas had their number and won very convincingly um I don't see Bama making the college football playoff this year I could see them losing up to probably three games and Mm -hmm. and even if Mm -hmm. they uh win out from here I don't see them beating Georgia in the SEC championship Um, so a little bit of dud week from college football but is there one thing anything that you want to say before we sign off here about the NFL college anything you got I'm just curious from the college perspective uh, if Colorado can keep it going you know they had two big weeks obviously with some national primetime games Uh, obviously they've moved up to 18th now in the rankings which is just unbelievable to me Uh, they've got a 10 o'clock game on Saturday night against Colorado State an opponent on paper they should handle but i'm just curious with a little bit less limelight not a noon game uh can they keep that streak going and you know are they for real i'm, I'm very very invested at this point in, in this team and seeing how they do yeah i i agree I'm, I'm very interested to see how colorado does see if they can keep it going and then on the nfl i'm hyped for the patriots as always can't wait to see them in red can't wait to see them beat the Dolphins. You heard it here first. All right. Big, bold prediction to end off this episode <laughs> of Trojan Talk. We will see you next week. We'll try and get some interviews with some coaches and athletes from the fall sports teams around TA. But stick with us all season long um, as we follow how TA football and soccer and all these other teams do. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's episode, and we will see you next week. Have a great day, everybody.